is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. Um, We're recording this on Ash Wednesday. Blessed Lent to you, Father. Blessed Lent to you, Dr. Bergwald. Thank you very much. Uh, We're not going to be talking actually about Lent in this podcast. We've done this, uh, we've done that for years now, Father, it feels like. Um, so old hat, old hat. But if so, if you're curious to get our thoughts on Lent, you can look at the archives for Ignition online on the internet. The diocesan website sfcatholic.org has the audio from previous shows. You can also find links. Um, iTunes has our podcast as well. So if you're listening to this via podcast or the radio, and you know way your way around the internet, um, feel free to browse to Ash Wednesday's past uh, or or Lent's past to hear our take. Uh, excuse me. Um, and also, speaking of the internet, uh, email uh, is the best way to get a hold of us. If you have any questions, comments, ideas, concerns, or complaints about Ignition, um, any ideas for future episodes, topics for future episodes, any questions about the content of today or past episodes, email me, and the email address is cbergwald.sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. So, Father, we... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Bring it on. Bring it on. So, we, yeah, send, send it our way. If I don't like it, I'll just delete it. No, but I've never gotten hate mail so far. Hopefully, we keep it that way. Um, Father, for the last, what, two weeks, I think we've uh, done in what is ostensibly an occasional series <laughs> on theological anthropology. What is divine revelation? What does God say to us through his church about uh, the, the, the human person, what it means to be human? Um, yeah, what, it, what, is, what is man? What is woman? Etc. Um, and this is going to be an occasional series, but we, we've done it two weeks in a row and we're going to add to it. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion today. Uh, and what we're doing, what, we, what we've been doing the last couple of weeks, we're going to continue today, is just looking uh, at what the catechism says. What we're trying to do here, the, the goal that... The, uh, that Father and I have in mind is just laying a solid foundation about what is what does God say about what it means to be human, um, because and maybe Father for those who we'll just do a quick you know big picture why here and, and I think you had a uh, originally this was your your insight your impetus uh, to do this series but what we're doing is is, is laying the foundation uh, a solid foundation on the basics of what it means to be human from from uh, the, this perspective of church teaching so we can then down the down the road build up the structure to better understand the church's position in all sorts of hot but hot button um, hot topic issues in our day in the culture wars contraception gay marriage things like this but it has to start by laying the foundation it, I know father you had another way that you put it really uh, that I really liked on you know sort of laying the, the, the big picture here I don't remember exactly the way we had uh, said and we had talked about it, but um, I think just uh, well, I, we need to know. I mean, the hardest part of being Christian, how is that for some mumbling, by the way? The hardest part about recording a podcast <laughs> is when your partner asks you a question you didn't prepare for. <laughs> um, the uh, I think the, I've said before the hardest part about being Christian and practicing our Christian faith in the next 50 years <laughs> will not be what we say about God, that God is a trinity, that God came incarnate in the flesh uh, to, uh, uh, to assist us. No, the hardest part is going to be um, 
what we say about being human. Right. That's what I had in mind. Yep. And, and, uh, and, and so for us to have a good grasp on what the, church, what the church teaches about humanity and to understand it as reasonable and good uh, and in accord with logic and not just uh, you know, a fairy tale or something like that, uh, we're, we'll need to have them be equipped for that to be able to speak about faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that this, this leads to, to hum, true human fulfillment, not a superficial sense of, of momentary pleasure. Uh, but but true true to true human fulfillment, um, peace, consolation, joy in in the deepest, most profound senses of of those words and what they refer to. Right. But it's sometimes you know the, the only way we can encounter that peace and joy is by exposing the counterfeit peace. Uh, and the counterfeit joy as well with the truth of simple teaching about the dignity of the human person. Exactly. Yep. So, so what we're going to again—that's sort of just the 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 bigger goal that we're after with this series. Uh, and again, as I mentioned at the outset, we're going to continue by just looking at what the Catechism says about what it means to be human. The Catechism, just a summary of church teaching, scripture, tradition, uh, teachings of 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 the the saints, the popes, etc., for the last two thousand years of of church history. So uh, we've looked previously at the fact that that we are created um, as human beings in the image and likeness of God, and that we are not just body, we are not souls trapped in a body, we are body and soul, but truly one, the union of, of body and soul. And, and the next point that the Catechism raises uh, uh, th- the third of the four points the catechism focuses on and answering the question what it means to be human is male and female he created them uh, reference to to the book of Genesis and the creation narratives where God creates um, cr- creates us male and female uh, that's how he did it so father basically two fundamental points that the catechism addresses the first that that equality and difference are willed by God and then the second each for the other a unity in two so let's just start with the first equality and difference as willed by God. So, so God's intention in creating creating the human being as male or female um, was just that it's His intention. God's play. He 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 deliberately chose to make us differently. He He didn't have to do that. We We know that there there are animals that are asexual um, that that do not have uh, the, the distinction between uh, male or female. Um, that all members the species are the same and they and they reproduce asexually um, but but the human being like other creatures but the human being was created uh, male and female uh, it, deliberately on 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 God's part is what the, the the catechism tells us but that we have perfect equality within that and and that I think that's something that people sometimes struggle with um, not necessarily well including within the context of of church teaching but just generally more broadly in society so we're different uh, but but we're not saying that we're unequal. Too often, I think, Father, people have the idea that difference must connote inequality, but that's not what the church teaches about the difference between uh, men and women. No, and and, and uh, we'll get to that a little more, I think, in the section where uh, it's each for the other. Right. Right. The difference is for the sake of compatibility and complementarity. 
but before we go to that, just sustain this idea of uh, equality and difference willed by God. Um, but the very fact that even just that we say that the difference of the sexes, male and female, is willed by God, is itself uh, countercultural to a lot of notions in our day, where in our day we have notions that uh, uh, sex or gender is something chosen by the individual. There's a famous uh, philosopher, uh, feminist philosopher, Simone uh, Beauvoir. Yep. Did, yep. Yep. Beauvoir. Did I, yep. I never say Beauvoir. I have to say I'm always thinking of The Simpsons. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that Marge, uh, oh no, Marge's last name is uh, Bouvier. There we go. Beauvoir. Close, though. <laughs> yes. Very French, either way. So Simone Beauvoir says that a woman isn't born, right? She chooses to be a woman. And so, uh, so that would be different. Than, uh, so, so, so that's a, a different outlook than saying that God uh, chose the differences of the sexes, that they're willed by God. And some in our culture might even say today, you know, that uh, sexes, the difference in sexes is an accidental difference in the sense that, uh, um, you know, it, it, that it doesn't really matter what those differences are. But no, we're saying those differences do, do matter and they come from God. Uh, now that, you, that that difference shouldn't be exploited, right? As it has been in the past by some by some men, and in some different cases more recently in the present by by some women. But for the most, I mean, for the vast majority of uh, history, it's been exploited by men right. uh, as a way to, uh, in some way, put down women. And that's not the case of the difference of the sexes. Right. There's this beautiful line. This, by the way, we're in 369 and following. For those of you uh, who want to look this up in the catechism, there's a beautiful line, not Father. While you're driving. <laughs> that will soon be illegal. No, that's texting. Anyway. If you're riding, I mean, you probably do it, but not if you're driving. And perhaps you might read aloud to the driver while you're riding. Yeah. Uh, but th- that last sentence, Father, in 369, in their being man and being woman, they, uh, human beings, reflect the creator's wisdom and goodness. So so God's de- God's intent is that, that in our respective uh, sexes, male and female, that we would reflect his, both his wisdom and goodness. So it is good that we are created this way, and it's not something. As just to 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 reiterate um, uh, and 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 express my complete agreement with you, which doesn't always happen, Father, on ignition. Oh my! So, no. Oh my! Um, but but with with this whole, you know. Sex is something, it's a gift from God. My sexuality is part of who I am, but it's a given. It's a gift from God. It's not something that I can grasp and choose on my own. And I do think there's a lot of, well, it's, I don't, there is a lot of confusion about this point, as you were saying. And, and I, again, I can completely agree with your sentiments that, that today, the, the, the idea that I would choose, the whole idea of gender uh, is really, um, I, I think we, we don't recognize the the um, implications, uh, the deeper implications of the idea of gender as something distinct from a, a, a God-given sexuality, but gender is, as you were saying, something that I create, I choose to be whatever. And so today we're seeing all sorts of, you know, recently, a, a few weeks ago, Facebook updated its options for your gender. And with, I, I don't know how somebody said 50 options. I haven't looked. Have you hear that, Father? It was confusing. It's just a ton. No, but I, we're either male or female. I think it shows the confusion in our own day of what it means to be human. Exactly. 
And 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 to me, it really, it, this is very that whole issue and this, the fact that we're created male female. It really flows from the second point that we looked at last week uh, that 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 we're body and soul together. Because to me, implicit with this confusion, um, quote unquote, gender confusion, is is this idea that who I am is distinct from my body. And as we've seen the last couple of weeks, that's not the case. My maleness is part of who I am. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Or as we've heard in the past couple of weeks. Exactly, you're right, yes. Just to stay grounded in the bodily experience that we're having, it's auditory. It's auditory, yes. But but, but we, we it, it's part my maleness, the maleness that you have, it's part of who we each individually right. are. Um, and, and yeah, there can be, there are legitimate, sometimes people struggle with that for a variety of reasons uh, with, with their sexuality, but that doesn't change the fact this is who they are. Um, and rather than pretending or saying that, that, that their struggles in that way are not, not just fine, but we endorse them, uh, maybe we, we need to look, well, we do need to look anew at, okay, what, what's going on there? Why, why, why are people struggling with their God-given maleness well, or femaleness? Christian, so just, to, to, just the first one before we dive into that, which we're not going to dive into nope. this. Uh, uh, edition, but just to you know, just hold that line just pretty simply and gently, you know, as a Christian, that you know, no, there is a actual sexual difference between male and female, and it's uh, created and willed by God not to be uh, exposed, not to be taken advantage of, but for the sake of a complementarity and for unity. Yep, exactly, and that yeah, which flows into the next. The, the second point the catechism raises. So maybe, maybe a first point before that would be the whole idea that uh, God isn't in man's image. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. I was going to say that myself. Go ahead. Right. So just that uh, God isn't a man or he isn't a woman. God is pure spirit, and there is no difference between the sexes in God. But our difference of sexes in some ways images and the, and the complementarity of male and female and their difference and their complement, it images in some ways, uh, some aspects of the divine in that regard. So it's not that, uh, uh, um, you know, we call God Father because, well, we're patriarchal. No, I mean, we call God Father because of the revelation of Jesus Christ. But we, we have fathers, in a sense, and mothers and as an image of the different virtues of God. Yeah, there's this beautiful line in the Catechism. The respective perfections of man and woman reflect something of the infinite perfection of God. So the, the, the greatest thing about what it means to be man, the greatest things about what it means to be woman, both reflect uh, the even greater perfection which God has in his essence. Right. So, Father, anything else that you think we need to with the whole idea of equality and difference? And as you said, I and mean, I'm glad you sort of I don't know if you intended to, but reel me back in. We're, we're, again, we're just trying to lay the foundation, and we'll get to the implications in future episodes. That was episodes. totally intentional. Okay, good. Anything, anything else with equality and difference before looking at each for the other a unity in two? Well, I, I think I think first of all, just in I think there's a brilliance in the catechism, and uh, just putting out there, boom, it's different, and allowing us to almost feel the tension. It's only two paragraphs, but just. And even teaching it right now, we, we feel this immediate tension. They're different. Um, I think that to allow us to feel that tension is good because it also makes us long for the resolution, which we will find in complementarity. Uh, so I think it's good to be able to feel that tension. You should feel the tension of the fact that there is a difference between male and female. Uh, and the, cause, Because I'd also lead that to um, uh, the fact that this tension, this difference, also speaks again to something of God's plan. 
plan and something for us to understand and a mystery to try and seek to understand more. Right. Does that make any sense? It does. It does. Helpful. And it's, you know, then that's a great point. These, you know, we're, we're just sort of giving the, you know, a nutshell version and, and doing some commentary on, on these passages from the catechism. But there is really, if this is something, an area of interest to you, dear listener, maybe something to consider praying on, you know, taking the catechism with you to adoration or to your prayer corner at home. And uh, and and really reflecting on 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 these passages, praying on them, and and looking at the 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 multitude of scriptural references that they include. Having said that, let's move on. Let's move on. So th- th- there's this 371, uh, th- and this again, this section is also relatively short, just three paragraphs in the Catechism. But I love how the section begins. God created man and woman together. That's italicized. God created men and women together and willed each for the other. Uh, the, the word of God, the Bible, gives us to understand that gives us to understand this through various features of the sacred text, and then it's going to comment on, refer to uh, again Genesis, uh, and then comment a bit. But this that first sentence again: God created man and woman together and willed each for the other. So it's not just that God created human beings, male and female, he created them for one another. You know, and, and I think, Father, that, well, just because we, we've grown up with a familiarity uh, with, with these texts and and in a, at least to some degree, Christian society, we, we, we don't think twice about them, but it, 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 it could have been different. God didn't have to create us for one another, and yet, again, as the Catechism is telling us, that's exactly what his intention was, that, that he would create man, man and woman not only different, but also for each other. And that's significant, isn't it? Uh, very much so. Um, and this gets to this kind of idea we're going to unpack in the last part of this uh, edition, would be the idea of complementarity, a complement to... Um, so... Uh, Almost, you could say that since he willed each for the other, that there is almost a need in that sense for an other within our humanity. So, what is what is? So, let, let's dive right into that whole idea of complementarity. So, can you uh, what you just said? What what does that mean? Well, of course, complement is that something fits together; it works together, right? So, a uh, fine red wine uh, complements. Uh, a nice piece of chocolate, both of which Dr. Bergwald gave up for Lent. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I but, guess I did, yeah. Come to think of it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, uh, sorry to let your uh, Lenten uh, penance out on the Man, so much for not making it known. Anyway. So anyways, um, yeah. Uh, so this idea of complement, that, that they go well together. Now, that doesn't mean they're exactly the same. I also like to think of the word harmony, right? So we can think about it in terms of taste, a complement. We can think about complement, complementary colors, right? How uh, I'm always amazed. I try to uh, collect good artwork. And one of the things I'm amazed about good artwork is how when you do the matting, Right, that the different mattings, mattings are like the the colors, like a solid uh, ring of color that might be around a um, a piece of art. How that really changes the way the art visually stands out. Right, so they complement one another in the same way of uh, just think about uh, musical notes, right, and the difference between like two notes in unison or two notes in the same octave. Well, okay, there's a certain noise to them, right? But when you get complementary notes, a chord. Right? 
how you have you know two notes that are like a, a related to each other a major fifth um it creates a, a larger fullness, something almost greater than just if you had two notes in unison. And I think the similarly different instruments within an orchestra, uh, you could have, you know, two wind instruments, but that are very different, um, saxophone and trumpet. Although I don't, I don't think, well, anyway, uh, we, we have, have di- fun in an orchestra. Oh man. <laughs> no saxes. No sax. All right. Trombone and trumpet. Is that better? They're both brass. That's much better. I don't think they're wind either. They're both brass. But Tim, <laughs> our producer is nodding that my correction, uh, my my self correction is accurate. They're both brass instruments. Uh, in any case, they, but they have different sounds. Uh, right. That's the beauty of an orchestra. You have all these different sounds that that the 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 the. Um, composer and together with the conductor then um, bring together in this beautiful sound that's a symphony or whatever the piece may be right so that's kind of just maybe a, a rough idea of complementarity so so we are created as ma- male and female our, our sexual differences are complementary to one another. The church, again, reiterates in, in, in 372 that we are equal as persons, but complementary as masculine and feminine. So, again, difference does not mean inequality. Difference, uh, there, there's equality within the difference or difference within the equality, maybe. Uh, it, in any case, we are of equal dignity, even though we have these differences. And and again, going back to what we said earlier, these differences are meant to, to highlight God's beauty, but the, not just highlight it, but they come together and how they work together. And the idea, uh, the idea of you were that you were just giving of 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 music, um, where, where we see them working together uh, in a beautiful way. And these differences are not just instructive about God; that God is. Uh, uh, that there's a largeness to God, a fullness to God, but they're also instructive to us, instructive to us that I can't do it all on my own, right? That I'm not made to just try and go at my own. You know, the human race can't reproduce on its own, right? There's a need of society in that sense, as a society of uh, a husband and wife for the sake of a child. Uh, that man can't go on own, that man doesn't have the perfection of all virtues on his own, Typically, right, right. Um, and so there's that need for that complement in that way because of the difference that God made in this uh, in the sexes, which ultimately also points us to our need for God. That man in and of himself is incomplete without God. Exactly. That humanity, that the human person, not just males, men is in male, but men is in humanity. And and, and there's also I mean, along that idea of complementarity. The catechism is very clear that we're not saying that that we're imper- we're, we're incomplete or half made as, as the way the, the catechism catechism puts it without one another. It says not that God left them half made and incomplete. He created them to be a communion of persons in which each can be the helpmate to the other. Uh, and I think that's an important point. It's not that there's an absolute sense because obviously as, as, as you as a celibate man and as, as uh, women who live religious life uh, as consecrated virgins or whatever, um, as they show, there's not an absolute need. It's not that, that you are partial or incomplete without woman, vice versa. Um, but, but there is nonetheless within us uh, God's plan that there will be a communion of persons. Um, it, again, with equality and difference within that. I want to think of the difference between a necessity and a compliment. Yeah. 
Right. So the you know chocolate is good on its own, but chocolate with a nice. Uh, a glass of wine or something, even better. Even better. The other thing, Father, too, that um, the, the, this is, goes back to the equality and, and, and but still complementarity, uh, the, the creation account, I think in particular the second creation account, Genesis 2, where uh, God puts Adam into the steep sleep and then he takes a, a, a rib from him and from that uh, creates Eve, woman, um, I, the, I heard this a long time ago. The, I get the idea of equality. God didn't create Eve from Adam's foot, nor from his skull, but from his side, from his rib, showing. Because you know, I think a lot of times, you know, your reference earlier to uh, you know, we're, we're patriarchal and so on, as a lot of people think about church teaching. Um, there's this idea that, particularly, uh, the, the Bible, certainly the Old Testament, is patriarchal. But at the very beginning, we see that 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 Eve. Eve comes from Adam's side. That woman comes from the side of Adam. She walks next to him, not beneath him, not above him, uh, but but next to him. Uh, just I don't know, a subtle hint of that within that 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 creation account itself. Exactly, and um, which uh, which kind of leads us or helps us uh, with the notion again of, of complementarity, also of. Um, being being of the same being of the same stuff in a sense too, and that equality that uh, that there isn't uh, that there doesn't need to be a war, right? You know, we've heard about the war of the sexes, and um, you know, and it's certainly something that's been going on. But church teaching itself isn't chauvinistic. It's there's have there been chauvinists who are Christians and Catholics? Well, yes. I mean, it's a church for sinners. And that doesn't excuse them or make it right in any way, but the teaching of itself, the content has always been against that. Right. That 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 exactly. Even though some people have acted uh, in, as you said, chauvinistic way, sexist, sexist in a sexist way, um, the church's teaching itself uh, certainly is not, and has never been sexist, because it's a recognition of difference. Uh, but equality within that, not inequality. Father, we've got about a minute and a half to go. Any other points uh, that, that you want to elaborate on in that time? I guess if you didn't, well, then what would you do? <laughs> I suppose just have an awkward minute of silence in the radio show. I, I think just, uh, um, again, back, back to the idea that... Uh, um, but there is a power of the two together to, to image God, though, as well, in a way that the individual human person, a male, or individual human person, a female, uh, can't fully image uh, God, that only uh, the male and female together can image God in that way. Right, and the, and the Catechism refers to that. In marriage, God unites them in such a way that by forming one flesh that can transmit human life. And there's been a lot, and, and at some point we'll, we'll uh, unpack that as well, uh, that, the, that the human family uh, reflects God's three uh, three persons in one nature um, that the father son holy spirit uh, the father son lead to the, the spirit proceeds from them so too in the human family new life comes forth from the union of the two uh, but we don't have time for that in 10 seconds father no we don't 
don't. No, we don't. <laughs> so, so again, this is part of an ongoing series. We may or may not get to it uh, next time, but you can always find it uh, past uh, episodes in this series on our website. And with that, we will draw this episode of Ignition to a close. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you have any questions, ideas, other ideas for future episodes, feel free to email me, Chris. Uh, the email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org And until next time, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.